there's not a lot of things up my alley more than meta physical podcasting if you had an instagram that'd be the bio like i feel it you know Hello and welcome back to the Her Life Vlogcast. I'm your host, Rachel Malik, and it is a Kevin Verga two-parter. Kevin's back. I'm wearing my Kevin shirt. Kevin, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm also wearing my Kevin shirt. It's just a shirt I own. So, <laughs> happy to be here. Every shirt's a Kevin shirt when your name is Kevin Verga. Listen, this episode, Kevin, I'm titling, Kevin and Rachel Start Making Sense. Because I'm excited to dive into the episode from last week, which is an episode from your show, Devin and Kevin Stop Making Sense, which obviously mm-hmm. is the Talking Heads reference. I know because I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to kind of break it down, start making sense of maybe something that there's not much sense to. What's your initial thought there? Yeah, it go- I go back to my sophomore year of college, actually, okay. <laughs> where I was in a literature class. Mm-hmm. And uh, my professor told me to find sense in the nonsense in mm-hmm. regards to a specific project I was doing. Okay. But that has been that was probably like the first thing in college where I was like, whoa, that's going to stick with me forever. So maybe we can do that. Finding sense in the nonsense today. I think that's a perfect mission statement for this episode. Me too. Yeah. Let's begin. I'd love to just get your thoughts on your show. Our shows are very different. But I think it's interesting that we both have shows. That's a big thing we have in common. But I think they're they're just the formats are different. The topic is very different. The way that you produce, edit, host the show is very different. So let's kick it off generally. Why did you start the show? Why is this an important thing to use your time and energy creating on somewhat of a regular basis? Wow, that is a good question. Um, I'm, I'm curious because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Yeah, what made me... Well, the show is me and Devin. We mm-hmm. talk about, well, obviously, everyone listened start to finish last week to the whole episode. So everyone yeah. knows at this point. Of course. The sh- that show is rooted in her life broadcast lore. Go back to episode 10. Me and Devin are on that show. We're talking about things that we love a lot. Yeah. And we, Devin and I, and a little bit of Rachel was like, oh, talking heads. And a classic story, Rachel's like, oh, you can't make a whole podcast about talking heads. And then we, me and Devin were like, oh, you know what? That's actually a pretty good idea. And this was like in the beginning of quarantine. So it very much is a quarantine project. I feel like a lot of people may have started and stopped making podcasts or something yeah. during quarantine. So it was partly like getting that energy out, kind of like David Byrne would on stage, like get it all out, have a lot of thoughts and talking heads. So why not make a podcast about it? But also it was... I needed a friend to talk to. I needed a friend to talk to every week <laughs> and Devin was that person. So uh, it was really nice. Like I love, I love Devin before that, but I, I love him <laughs> even more now because he was just like, he was there to like yeah. at me in my, my least sensical. So yeah. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that you said that. I think that's a lot of the beauty of this show also, especially in the beginning when like one of the first kickoff episodes to when we started doing things a lot more regularly routinely you know production of the show started with that quarantine episode where we took snippets of everyone like what is this downtime mean to you kind of thing and it was a really good excuse for me to check in with people that I really love and care about to see how they are doing and then that turned into like this really long extended now this is episode 75 I believe Mm, like that's you know what I mean like that's crazy so it's just been a cool way to like like an excuse you know what I mean a thing on the calendar to check in with people like we've had a lot of really great conversations that we wouldn't have had if it weren't for these silly little podcasts yeah 
I like that term silly little podcast because podcast. It, it does feel a little silly, isn't it? Like let's it definitely just, is. It's a little silly. We're, we're and talking I think for a mics. while I felt like very defensive about people being like, ah, oh, silly little like if I heard someone else say silly little podcast, I'd be like, excuse you. Because it <laughs> is like a lot of my time and effort. Like a lot goes into it. You know that. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? There is a lot that goes into it. So it's hard to like think of it as this thing that doesn't matter much, but I think that could be kind of the beauty of it. You know what I mean? That you're choosing to spend your time and like hone these skills. Yeah. I thought about this a lot too, of like, where okay. does the embarrassment come from? And I think it's, it's a bit of a, a mixture of ego and audacity, like okay. to have the audacity to think that someone out there wants to listen to an hour of me talking yeah. about a very niche art rock band from the 1970s <laughs> and 80s I, I but audacity is what drives life I mean you got to be a little bit audacious to make things and try to make it in the world so um I don't know I did I like what you said like skills I do feel like I've developed skills like I, I try to make the songs and I've become a better musician I've That's enjoyed huge editing podcasts and just seeing if I like I can do it and I yeah and obviously you know that too we we are we can do it we're doing it we've we're done doing- it and we continue to do it yeah a quick thing may I ask is audacity your editing software of choice because it's mine oh, so I didn't wow. know if that was a play that's <laughs> no, what I- it is it is audacity <laughs> isn't it yeah you were like wow. it takes <laughs> ego and audacity I'm like those are two things I have ego in here audacity in the computer <laughs> yeah, and ego is my mic. Uh, yeah, so I named it. I named it ego, and then audacity is what I edited it with. Huh. No, literally, that's funny. But you mentioned something else that I wanted to talk about, like really talk about. A big difference in our shows is yours obviously has a strict music focus, and that comes mm-hmm. from obviously your passion for music. You've studied music extensively, and that plays into your covering these songs and producing them yourself and playing them embedding them into the episodes that's a lot that's a lot of extra stuff that I simply do not do so talk to me about why that was important for you to include and what it looks like when you're structuring the episode like what happens first do you pick the song record the song then record the episode talk me through the process everything you want to say sure I I love Talking Heads so much their music is so funky and it's so layered um, and as a like a musician myself I I've spent years of my life like learning how to play songs Mm -hmm. um so talking about using podcasting as an excuse to do something else for another another avenue I kind of want to just learn how to make these songs part of it was from wanting to learn other is like definitely not wanting to get sued like I wanted to talk about (laughs) talking heads or stop making sense itself the the film and okay if I'm talking about like the solo or the drum line like I can't just copy and paste it. I will get sued. Um, and I was looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Kevin, what are you going to do? And then the mirror answered and said, Kevin, you're going to do it. And I was like, wow, a talking it. mirror. And then uh, I did it. <laughs> the talking head in my mirror. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think I lose the most sleep over making the songs. Yeah. Okay, tell me about that. Um, there are certain songs that usually like we'll record an episode like, if it's just me and Devin, we choose a song mostly based on like who has the most neurotic energy like towards a song. Like if it's okay. like, wow, Devin will just like text me in in the heat of a mo- the moment in the middle of the night and say like, we have to do the great curve tomorrow. We have yeah. to do it. Sometimes I'll veto that because I'm like, Devin, I just like can't, I don't know how to play that song. Like there are so many synth lines. I can't play that. But the great curve, I was like, oh, that's, 
kick-ass song i will yeah. learn how to do that so that kind of comes with it i was like oh you know what it'll be a challenge i'll try to learn how to play it and i've grown with it like the first episode i think i made it was a song called "Uh oh love comes to town which i love and it has like a really cool syncopated intro that goes into like a nice bass rhythm mm -hmm. and i i like that episode sat in the zoom audio file for so long because i didn't <laughs> know how to like make the intro on ableton yeah and then finally i was like kevin you gotta have to do this and then now it's grown to like a 10 second little clip with really bad midi drums to like me recording all the live instruments like i have a drum kit right to my right and guitars on the wall yeah. like i just record them all on like this one single mic that i've named ego apparently well, so ego's yeah. really i mean pulling their weight over there <laughs> but no i think that's huge and i think like what I wanted to do was emphasize the fact that you're doing that because I think someone last week, perhaps a listener of our show might not know, you know what I mean? That, that that's you. They would probably think, especially if you're not the biggest talking heads fan, you know, like it, it sounds like a song. It sounds like a professional song. So it sounds like oh. to me, I think I would have a hard time distinguishing the two. So that's like wildly impressive. And I think you should be very proud of yourself for that, Kevin. Wow. That means a lot. Yeah, no. And I'm, I apologize that I've never vocalized that to you. But another reason I'm excited to be doing this episode, because like, I, it really is like, I respect the heck out of that, Kevin. I really do. Hey, thanks. I really, um, I try my best. I, again, I lose sleep over this thing. Like I have spent hours like picking out the right snare sound yeah. um, and trying to get the right <laughs> guitar tone. And, uh, I appreciate that. I, I try like really hard to do it. It takes a long time. So it means a lot to hear that from you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. But so obviously you're spending a lot of time with the songs themselves and recreating them as you do. That's like a great way to, to learn the music, first of all. But I'm wondering how your interpretation of the songs themselves changes at all through your like intense studying of the music. I know that you record the episodes before. Have you ever thought about doing that in the reverse, like really sitting with the song, learning the song like that might open up a whole if you want to get into two hour episodes. I think that's a good way to do it. You know what I mean? Just to like really parse out what the music means because I think that's something where your expertise really comes into play oh wow talk about losing sleep the thought of doing a two-hour <laughs> episode uh that's that's interesting well I think I do sit with the songs for like months at a time like let's take some of the episodes that you and I did together like this must be the place yeah um that Great. song like has nestled itself into my soul and mind for like multiple years and I've like tried to learn it on acoustic guitar you know three years ago when I first got a guitar and stuff like that mm -hmm. so it does kind of like evolve over time but then there's yeah. sometimes where we just like Devin will say let's do this song that I've never heard mm -hmm. so I'm like okay so I'm kind of learning this song simultaneously but it is yeah. interesting to like well we always try to have fresh ideas so like maybe just reading the lyrics first or something like that right. there's all different ways to approach a song it's really cool so and you sick. just kind of like walk through it onto yeah. the other side a thousand percent. It really, every time I'm on your show, every time I listen to your show, it really does take me back to my English lit days at Fordham University because it is, it's, it's scanning a poem, right? Like it, it's trying to find meaning and, you know, justifying that using the text. And then when you can add in the music, that's just a whole other element, you know? I was going to say that that's, uh, that was like a crucial part of the episode that you, Emma, Devin and I did of like, yeah. wow, this reading this these lyrics for of from the song love goes to building on fire as a poem but then like when you add the music which is also like good on its own making it into a song and making it mm -hmm. through the medium of a song like made us all so confused 
<laughs> I, I lost so much sleep over that episode like that what well, we recorded it in February and I didn't release it for five months because mm-hmm. like I was just afraid of like what was in our conversation because I just remember closing it and being like what the hell what was, was that, that? Like, yeah so <laughs> and the song is so ungraspable itself so our conversations reflect that so it's another way to like experience a song is like through conversation and like actually feeling just as frustrated about the song that maybe the singer of the song feels yeah no I love that and it reminds me of another lit class that I took lit class like English lit class about reinterpretations of texts so it would be like reading a novel and then watching the movie or like Mm reading a poem and then listening to a song and just seeing, you know, what's lost in translation and what's added. And I think one, just adding music to a poem in the way that a song does is cool. It's a good example of that. But then when you add in our kind of mismatched random analysis of it, it becomes an interpretation. And I think it's totally fair to say that your show is a piece of art in its own way. It's a translation of a different piece of art. And so like now we're just getting into this very meta space of reinterpreting while you're creating, especially because you're creating the songs. So it really becomes this really cool file, downloadable thing that reflects a whole lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Because the songs themselves reflect a whole lot of stuff. So the concept of your show is is strong. And I don't think we've talked about that enough. Well, I needed to hear this. Uh, talk about ego. This is a good ego boost. <laughs> wow. And Mike I love is me- on fire tonight. Ego. <laughs> burning up. Yeah. Uh, wow. Building on fire. Mike is on fire. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, talk about meta meta self-referential natures of things i love that um that's all of your alley yeah i mean there's not a lot of things up my alley more than meta physical podcasting i mean (laughs) uh if you had an instagram that'd be the bio like i feel it you know (laughs) god i would have so few followers There was multiple times during re-listening to the episode where you, Rachel, like said things that made me audibly like go like, wow, that's a really fantastic uh, point. Let's talk about it. Um, let's, let's, yeah, let's have the ego go flowing back the other way. Yeah. Um, the first one was when you brought up uh, modernist literature yes. and you're like, has anyone re- read any? And no one answered. I think I was like, uh, not, <laughs> not on purpose. Um <laughs> But I really liked what you said about when you're reading modernist literature. Part of it is that it's like your mind is meant to wander off. And that's part of the experience of it. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of took a weight off my shoulders because sometimes I'm reading. I mean, I don't know what books in my repertoire are considered modernist, but mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm like reading a book and then it makes me feel and think things. So my brain wanders off. And then I'm getting mad at myself because I'm like, I should be reading right now. Mm-hmm. But if that's the point of it, then that just makes me feel a little bit better. So you made a good point, but it also made me feel nice. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I, I, I validated something or like I, it lets me feel a certain way. So I just never mm-hmm. looked at um, the purpose of reading something that way. I always thought it was like read or nothing. Yeah, no, that was a game changer for me too. And I remember using this in an interview once because somebody asked me in an interview, it was for a PR firm. And they said, what is something that you learned in school, like in an academic setting that shaped you in some way or changed you in some way? Like, give me a specific example. And I 
referred back to this modernism class that I took with Dr. Rebecca Sanchez, who's one of the most brilliant women I've ever met. It was such a pleasure truly to be in her class every day. Like it was really, really special. And I cited the exact same thing that you said. It just, it really opened my eyes and changed the way I read a book. And I love to read. That's why I was an English major. Like it was something that I really enjoyed doing, but then you have this recurring frustration when you're like, I love this thing that I'm doing. And this is like a hobby of mine, but I feel my brain wandering and I'm so mad at myself. I'm, I'm, feel like I'm echoing what you said at this point, but I felt a similar sense of validation, I guess, that like, hey, maybe this is the point. And I just felt kind of liberated to read and wonder. And I think you can apply that to a lot of things like, hey, maybe that's the point. Like, it's good that your brain is thinking. It's good that your mind's taking you on a journey. And I think that's something that Talking head songs do quite a bit. So it's definitely applicable to your show. So this that was for an interview, you said? A job interview? Yeah. Somebody asked me just like what was something specific from college that or your academic life that you applied in other ways or something. I don't know. They yeah. worded the question a little better than that, but that was my <laughs> example. I was like, sometimes I, when I read, I'm not paying any attention. And that's the point. <laughs> and they were like, you do not get this job. <laughs> I was not hired by that person, but like I was Dr. Ask. Sanchez is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes when I'm doing something really important um, related to my major, my brain just kind of shuts off. And is that, that to Gone. me is the reading, you yeah. know, like when I'm thinking about other things, that is reading to me. Modernism. Yeah. I, I, like, I, yeah. I don't think this is really what modernism is. This is my interpretation of modernism. <laughs> so like, don't hold me to this. It's okay. Every episode, me and Devin just say, and that's existentialism. And we don't really know what existentialism <laughs> is, but we kind of have an idea of it. Exactly. Yeah. But I do like taking... And uh, remind me to bring this back to complimenting you at this point oh, because sure. you deserve it. Um, I'll remember. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> Part, another side of music is taking it really critically and taking it one way is through music theory, which mm -hmm. can be very black and white. It's, it's, uh, it's music theory. It's like for yeah. to many musicians, it's like the quintessential scary word about um, taking the soul and life out of music and crossing it up into a bunch of squiggles and lines on a page but for me to learn the songs and play them to make them sound good enough to put in a podcast or for my own usage I have to learn the music theory behind it mm -hmm. and like I think of a band like Talking Heads I think of a band like The Strokes I think of a, like prog rock bands like uh, in my family in my house the band Yes is like the Holy Grail band because every musician in that band is so talented that I find myself like listening to a song like Roundabout, which is really popular nowadays because of a meme. Um, so, and like you, you can listen to the song as a mass, as, as mm -hmm. it all together. But then I find myself like listening to that bass line and thinking like, oh, well, if I have to, if I had a yes podcast, or if I just want to listen to this, like the bass line and learn that, I'm like listening to the bass line, listening to the bass line. And I'm like, damn, but the bass line is so well synced up with the drums. So I got to mm. rewind 10 seconds to listen to the drums. But then that guitar line, and then you find yourself like having both these experiences of like really getting into the nitty gritty of how the song is constructed, mm. but then also letting your thoughts wander because you want to focus on that bass line. But then you're like, you're letting your thoughts wander. Like, oh man, imagine if I was playing this at a gig. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh, remember when I was listening to the song uh, and talking about this bass line with a friend when we were on a hike. And then like, wait, wait, I got to go back and listen to that drum part because it's an awesome fill and stuff like that. Like, I love that. And that that balance of the black and white music theory composition side with 
the letting your thoughts wander. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes I get frustrated with that too. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Why am I so frustrated? <laughs> why do I get frustrated when my thoughts wander? This is such a good question. Why yeah. do I do that? I don't know. Wish I could tell you, Kev, but I do think that's <laughs> good. Like, I, I feel like a broken record here, but that's, again, what the show is. You know what I mean? You get both. You get the very strict black and white music theory because you need to understand that to be able to recreate it in the way that you do. But then also you and Devin can just go off about these random things and really go on these crazy tangents and things that enrich the experience. You know what I mean? Because I'm really understanding where your mind went when you listen to this song. And that kind of like validates it for me. Like, oh, my mind went here. That felt weird. But like, look how weird Kevin's mind got. Like, we're all getting weird. We're all not making sense. That's the point. <laughs> I think uh, I often think about what what my purpose in life is. And I think okay. it is exactly that. Like, I <laughs> act so weird that I want to give permission to people <laughs> to be weird. Like, oh, well, I well that what I just thought was weird. But I mean, look at Kevin, okay, that guy. <laughs> he's <laughs> way out there. You know, that's interesting because that's what David Byrne is for me. Yeah. Like, seeing David Byrne like do all these wacky movements, come out in big suits big and have suit. his hair slicked back. I mean, it, he just gives permission for people to let loose. And I think that's yeah. what's so lovely about the band. Like there's a yeah. cool jittery funk punk dance feeling to it that's like so primal in a lot of ways but there's also such like a lovely side of it it's not about love like you know me and Devin were just talking about this because we were both looking for love songs and we're like Mm -hmm. we love talking heads talking heads don't have a lot of good love songs like they have love and titles but love goes to building on fire like you don't listen to that after a breakup it'll make you angry yeah um but there is a loveliness of the band like watching the band perform and watching David Byrne like just smile and let their thoughts wander and let them like be so free and like using music as a vehicle to do that. Mm -hmm. And I cannot compare myself at all to any of the talking heads, but giving that, giving permission to let thoughts wander and like, not, not like constantly critique yourself, kind of like what we're talking about, like constantly critiquing yourself, like that you let your thought pattern go when you're supposed to read, be reading a book that you have for class. Or that you're making a podcast like that. We started with we opened with like self critique for something that maybe you shouldn't be critiquing yourself for. So I think that you're right. Cyclical. Wow. Meta. Wow, you're right. You know, like I think it, it yeah. fits. It totally fits. Yeah, that was like kind of the goal. I think um, when me and Devin like just kind of hopped on some Zoom calls back last March mm-hmm. and saying like, "Hey, are we gonna do this?" I think a goal that we set was like, "Okay, if we're gonna do it, you know, you're kind of being vulnerable. You're putting onto the world expecting." other people to listen yeah but at the end of the day like it has to be for yourself like it had to be for me and Devin first and foremost like we wanted to like talk to each other I wanted to recreate the songs like it has to be anything like whether you're or the band itself like if you're going standing and being a band at a gig you have to be vulnerable but you have to like be playing for yourself and your comrades before or if you're writing a poem and like doing a poetry reading it's beautiful to share your work Totally. But you got to be doing it for yourself. But that's kind of the ego, too. Like, you have to have the audacity to be your own number one fan. Yeah. No, I think that's so cool. And I know that we've talked about this. We had an episode that I don't know why I didn't reference until now called, I think it's more than just a passion project. And we talked about our respective passion projects at the time. Mine was the podcast and yours was music in general. So now you've like upped the Annie Music Plus podcast. And like, Mm. I would love to revisit that now after having this conversation, because I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of parallels, but I know that you made that point. Like it needs to be 
created for the, for your own sake. You know what I mean? Because you need to get something out into the universe, not because you want validation from other people that will come, that will come if you're passionate about the work that you're doing. Yeah. I have been recently afraid of how much I wrap my ego around people approving of me. Mm -hmm. And I find that I don't have it with music. Like when I think about times where I really allow myself to be free, like Mm -hmm. really allow myself to be free to do the things I want to do. It is within music. But then I was like, as soon as I put that guitar down, I like really crave validation and I feel like I don't come off as that kind of person. And maybe I haven't even let myself come off as that kind of person to myself. So I'm just like, this is maybe I know we, uh, we haven't done our her reflection yet, but maybe that's kind of that's my okay. realization real, re- recently. But okay. I feel like when when you're being vulnerable, like mm-hmm. we need some sort of validation and you can give it to yourself, which is so important and maybe the most important. But at a certain point, like if you and I were getting like zero listeners on every episode, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have gotten to our respective episode numbers. Fair. Fair. Yeah. As meek as I like to think and virtuous as I think we are, I don't think we would have gotten this far if we didn't get like some sort of validation and comments and listens and track our stream numbers on anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, <laughs> advertisement for this episode. Go to anchor.fm and start your own podcast. You can be it's so like so easy. It's free. All streaming services available. This I've never actually done. You can. You're supposed to turn on sponsorships. And a lot of podcasts I listen to with like my podcaster friends that I meet on Instagram always have the anchor ad at the top of their episodes. And I'm thinking of recording one just to make myself wow. feel good. Well, you can do what me and Devin do, which is like make fake advertisements. I know. And that's I always fun. Because that is truly one pug love. The pug love promo code like just hits wow. me out of nowhere sometimes. And I laugh about it. I think it's one of the funniest things. Pug, pug love. love. That's P-U-G-L-U-V. Yeah. Pug love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering now, Kevin, if we could zoom out, like way out to someone who has listened now for an hour last week, coming on an hour this week. If someone has, is not at all familiar with Talking Heads, not at all familiar with Stop Making Sense, can you just do a little bit of an overview for us of the band? And we're talking quickly, like just catch us up to speed because Stop Making Sense is the concert film, not an album. Yeah. Just yeah. give us an overview. Thank you for telling me to do this quickly because I have dedicated hours of my life to talking about them. Talking Heads are a New York City-based art punk new wave band that first released their album in 1977 and continued through uh yeah 1988 fronted by uh the legendary david byrne who is a true uh eccentric human being sure um he continued his own solo career and actually some people might know uh that he had a broadway show before the pandemic called american utopia which is also really good and then i would be remiss to uh not mention the other band members the married couple of that comprises the the rhythm section of Tina Weymouth and Chris France. Uh, Tina Weymouth is, if you're looking for a swoon of the week or a BAB of the week, like Tina is the coolest. Yeah. Um, just some of the best bass lines ever. And then, cool. um, you know, meeting up with Chris France is great. Uh, so many good drum lines as a drummer myself. I love them. And then mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Harrison, who also played with the Modern Lovers, the band itself, I mean, they have so many far-reaching albums. Um, the pinnacle, I think, is the Stop Making Sense film. They fronted like and led the New Wave movement. 
uh, which was like a reaction to the punk scene. And just like, you know, they're, they met in Rhode Island art school, but just like having them be a New York based band, you can kind of feel like that small, sweaty, Bowery ballroom mm. uh, feel in their first few albums where like you can kind of play all the songs in like the corner of a nightclub yeah. um, with like your elbows and shoulders all tucked in. It's just like kind of energy and gritty. Uh, and then, you know, by the time like Stop Making Sense comes out or the song that we did, This Must Be The Place, like they grew and made like some of the most beautiful works of art ever. And there's just like an endless rabbit hole you can get into them yeah. with or not or you can just like listen to their hits sing along to psycho killer and that's enough for a lot of yeah. people yeah yeah thank you thank you for the overview because i don't know if i i mean that's some information that i also never knew so it's good to just get get the framework and appreciate it a little bit more so kevin i'm curious because okay context my show this show that you're listening to right now is a direct resume booster I do it because it will give me the skills that I will one day need to be Kelly Ripa Juliana Rancic Wendy Williams like these are you know what I mean the figures that I look to so this is what I can be doing right now on my own time to get me closer to that goal to practice being a host to work on production skills in case that leads me to that avenue it's all very intentional career-wise for me do you think of your show as the same way do you list this podcast on your resume like talk to me how you relate this to your professional life if at all or is it something completely different than professional career Kevin like talk to me because for me it's so closely knit like this show exists because I want professional success one day so it's hard for me to conceptualize the podcast outside of that realm but I my guess would be that it's not that for you so talk to me about that oh I see interesting uh it, short answer yeah it's on my resume okay i had to okay, check good. i had to, to like dig up um my resume uh i do have a job right now that i'm happy with so i like haven't yeah. obviously i threw that on there somewhere within the last year and a half but in regards to like how directly it relates to my career i mean the making recording of the podcast is fun i like to make content i like to create and i think i'm a creative person i want to be an artist from my yeah. life the entirety of my life so yeah it relates to that um most directly i think actually just like learning the songs and studying the traits and energies of talking heads and specifically mm-hmm. david byrne i think that's more related to like what i want to do for my whole life because i like to talk about music but i want to make music like i want to be yeah i want to me and Devin always joke about how we want to be um like the topic of like some weird podcast or whatever that space cast they're gonna have in 50 years like yeah wow can you believe kevin and devin were on the same podcast look at them now they are whatever we're gonna be in 50 years so i want to i want to be the weirdo that people are talking about so you know this is interesting before the episode we did found a job or released the episode of the talking head song found a job which I actually put on your list, like when we were choosing songs for you, found a job was the first one because I know we talk about career paths. And so much of my time around like that episode's creation and recording was me in my basement, just wearing these headphones with my guitar, playing along to my own backing track that I made and just like dancing around and like singing along to the song, like on the top of my lungs 
just to like quote unquote make sure it sounds right but also just to like be kind of a weirdo and like dance around and so that's like that's when I yeah. feel like I'm building my resume it's like me dancing like a lunatic rather than like um you know writing yeah. that I'm proficient in audacity but they're both they're both fantastic yeah oh I'm really glad that I asked that question because I, I it's something I've never asked you and I was really curious about it you know, I was texting Devin about fame today because last night I watched the Anthony Bourdain movie. We all know the ending of Anthony Bourdain's movie slash life is that he he takes his own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but so knowing that like the movie is allowed to focus on his life and like why his passing was so important to so many people and like how he embodied fame and how fame kind of like ate away at him. And then also the the film is coming under a lot of controversy because although he wrote a lot of the monologues that are in the movie, they like deep faked it and like used technology to use his voice and like have him say things. And I like subconsciously thought that a few of the moments were like that, or I was kind of thinking that during the movie. But anyway, like I think they did it tastefully. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I to say that? But you know, just like thinking about the breaching of privacy, of like obviously a lot of people like kind of dug through his journals and stuff like that and deep faked his voice i've been reading a biography about che Guevara, and his like personal diaries are like really well documented and again like rifled through for the sake of like making other books about his books that he wrote mm-hmm. i don't know i've just been thinking a lot about that because like i do want to be the freaky goofy person that like gives someone out there a chance to be freaky goofy and okay with that but i also find myself like you know, like mm. writing in my journal I mean, to be vulnerable myself. And I'm like, oh, like, what if someone like digs through this in 50 years? Like, will they be able to read my handwriting? And these are just like subconscious thoughts that make me feel so gross. It's kind of like going back to that reading and like it letting your mind wander. Like, that's just the thought I had. I mean, sorry, that's a thought I had. But I get so angry at myself. I'm like, you audacious ass like yeah. how dare you think what you're writing in this little moleskin journal that you had <laughs> staples is so important that someone would like decipher your hieroglyphic awful <laughs> handwriting like how dare you kevin yeah so i don't i don't know how i feel about fame and like yeah using things to like further my career path am i afraid of it am i afraid of success do i even have the audacity to be successful do i have the skill to be successful I I lose a lot of sleep at night. I haven't been sleeping a lot. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think they're, they're interesting questions. And I think it's such a fine line. I think about celebrity and fame a lot. And I think about reality TV and like the breach of privacy that comes along with that. And I, I think about that a lot. But like also, where's the line? Like think about Emily Dickinson. All those poems came to light after she was dead. Like she yeah. didn't publish any of those. Like those were found. They rifled through her things and they were they were brilliant and we study them. But oh. is that a major breach of privacy? Probably. Like if you're really thinking about it, yeah. She didn't consent to that. I I don't think Emily Dickinson wants to be famous. Yeah, consent. I also, I mean, that frightens me a lot because I've also thought about that. Like, I, again, going back to being your own number one fan, like I think yeah. what I write is good. Um, yeah. As long as I write poems I write I think it's good um eventually I want to like publish it or something I don't know for my own sake for my own because I want to make something and hold something I made in my hand if other people like it that's cool but I also think like oh you know what would be cool and this is dark trigger warning you know it'd be great is if like I write all this and die young 
and then someone like finds it and is like wow this is really good let's get a publicist on this and put it out there then I'm dead I don't have to do any of the work I get the fame but don't have to worry about experiencing the dark side of it and I still get to like do all the things that and don't have to do any of the work I think these are intrusive thoughts I have all the time. That's I think it's me. fair, but for me, it's like, what's the point if you're not reaping the benefits of the fame? Like my <laughs> fame comes so that I can be famous. <laughs> like, I, yeah. you know, so anyway. Yeah. I, I worry that I try to be, like, I, I know I'm a little weird and I wonder if I, <laughs> I wonder if I like lean into that a little too much just to be like kind of that David Byrne figure okay. of like the eccentric person. It's yeah. like, oh no, Kevin, he's, he is weird wow like isn't that charming um Mm. because like david burns like charmingly weird yeah um but then there's like the tortured i mean music is full of those tortured artists of like jim morrison and um jimi hendrix that like are gone too soon and they i mean they talk about it with anti bourdain too like he takes his own life all his friends are like really upset with him but then like now there's murals painted of him and a movie about him yeah um joy division 2 like ian curtis all these music musicians that i listen to i don't know it just kind of scares me these are intrusive thoughts i have i mean i am mentally sound and safe so i am i am planning to make my own uh like put in the work to uh Mm -hmm. make this music but like yeah i don't know these are just things i think about when it comes to fame because i know we talk about we have different shows but we also have different approaches to fame yeah we do and i think that's it's interesting i don't know i think I wouldn't have guessed that this is where this conversation would end up, but <laughs> I rarely do. And I think yeah. I think that's a very honest reflection, and I'm glad that we got there. It's not making sense. Rachel, I never gave you your compliment. Oh, let's end with that. Yeah. Your compliment is that you take the hypothetical seriously, and I appreciate Ooh. that. Yeah. You, I think that's really important, too. Huh. Um, you know, I just was reflecting on that when you are on the episode, like, it could have been so easy to just like kind of placate us and like laugh at me and Devin's jokes. And I didn't expect you to do this, but like anyone could just be like, Oh, that's a pretty good idea. I like the song. Um, these are my thoughts about it, but you like obviously like put in work to like think about this and struggle with it. And even like have months down the line, me to talk about it again. I mean, that means a lot to me as like a friend. And then it also just like, not only with in regards to podcasting, but just like in your life, I think you've displayed that you take hypotheticals very seriously, which is really important to like being a creative person, I think. So keep that up. I mean, it's really good. I'm glad that we circle back to that compliment. I really like that. I think that's going to stick with me. And I, I do think I, like my reflection is going to be, I think that plays into the creative side. Like I like, it's fun for your mind and it goes back to wandering minds. Like I like to think what I would do in this situation or what this would mean for this person if this thing happened. It's just, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Yeah, lovely. I'm right where I want to be right now. So I think I'm just going to like ride this conversation into the night and just like see where it takes me. Hell yeah. Yeah, and revisit it again on Sunday when it comes out. I was just going to say, I was just going to say Sunday. This, and just like an announcement to you, Kevin, and to also anybody listening, this will be episode 75, which is a big milestone. I'm excited about it. I'm going to be taking August off to prep and to think about like where the show can go and what kind of interviews we can do and structure it a little differently, not better, not worse, differently. And so, yeah, so this will be the last episode for for a bit. We'll take the rest of the summer off. I hope you enjoy your summer. 
Kevin will be in charge. But mm-hmm. everyone listening, thanks for listening all summer, all year, all 75 episodes. And we're going to pick it up. I'm just going to, you know, mm-hmm. we're riding the wave. Yeah. 75. Fantastic. Great job. That's really, like, genuinely, you have put so much work into this. And it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure to be a part of it in any capacity, especially to the one it's- I've been in. Thank you. You no, you've been a really a guiding force of the show, and we have like some of my favorite episodes to revisit, or just regardless, have been with you. It's been good excuses, like we opened with good excuses to talk about niche things, weird things. Like I love that we got to talk about all too well for hours. Like that was so fun. Mm-hmm. I just I appreciate it, and I think it's it's a special thing that I I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you and I would be as close as we are if it weren't for these shows. Do you agree? No, you're right. Like, I think it's a good excuse and it's made us bond in ways we understand each other better because we ask each other questions like the ones we did in this past hour. Like, I, I don't know. I don't do that with many people. And so I feel closer to you, especially for quarantine than I do with most of my friends. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that means a lot to me. I feel a similar way. I'm glad. Uh, any. Yeah. I was just, ex- I was, I came back to, from New York City today to my hometown and I was just like really excited to hop on this call just to catch yeah. up and then also like talk about metaphysical things and talking heads. I mean, come on. What's better than that? That's all you, Kev. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad you joined me for another excellent episode. Number 75. If you guys like what you're hearing, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A rate and review would be so great. You can find us on Instagram at her.blog.life. You can find me on Instagram at Rachel Malik. 13. The Olympic swoon bracket is happening now, so make sure you jump on that. You can find blog posts at herbloglife.online, and for behind-the-scenes videos of recordings like this one, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Rachel Malik. I should pop right up. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kevin, for joining. Any final remarks? A sentence? Give me. Uh, believe in yourself, and if you want to do it, just do it. We, we're only on Earth for a little bit of time, so just do it. No one's judging you. I love that. We're actually supporting you. Could do we it. are. We actually are supporting you. <sighs> Thank you, Kevin. That was good to end on. We will see you in September with more episodes of the Her Life Blogcast. That's all for now. I'm Rachel Malik. This has been the Her Life Blogcast. <laughs>